0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Support for this show comes from 1440 Multiversity, a state-of-the-art learning destination in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz. 1440 Multiversity offers weekend and five-day programs in mindfulness, leadership, well-being, and more. Learn more at
1: 1440.org. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is Dr. Mimi Guaneri. Dr. Guaneri is board certified in cardiovascular disease, internal medicine, nuclear cardiology, and integrative holistic medicine. She's the author of The Heart Speaks. A cardiologist reveals the secret language of healing and teaches the science of natural healing on the Great Courses program. And her program there is called The Silent, the Science of Natural Healing. Her newest book is 108 Pearls to Awaken Your Healing Potential. A cardiologist translates the science of health and healing into practice. An excerpt from the book appears in the May-June issue, of Spirituality and Health Magazine. Dr. Mimi Guaneri, welcome to Essential Conversations.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. I have to admit, when we talk science, it's already over my head. <laughs> but I read the book. And when I got the book, the, the 108 Pearls to Awaken Your Healing Potential, you ask the reader to establish their health foundation. Now, I didn't have time between getting the book, looking at the book and going to the doctor to get help with that. I I didn't do that. So tell us about the Health Foundation and why I should get up, get up off my butt and go do it.
2: Well, I think the question is, where are we at? Body, mind, emotions and spirit, because not everyone needs the same thing. But I can tell you the thing we think we need the least is usually what we need the most. So, the foundation you know, to do a medical symptom questionnaire to look at how you're living your life uh, it's just for us to sort of do our homework and to be honest about where where we are at personally from a body mind spirit perspective
1: so when when people come to you and they've done the foundation. Is it just is it unique to each person, what you're dealing with? Or do you sense some kind of trend in the American way of you can either say the American way of health or maybe the American way of disease? Do you see some general trends that we all are participating in, even perhaps unknowingly?
2: Oh, I I think there's huge trends. Um, You know, so many times because I'm a cardiologist, people come to me and they say, "Oh, my cholesterol's high, my blood sugar's high, or should I have a bypass?" Oh, I just had a stent. You know, all these classic cardiovascular issues. But when we get down to talking, almost always the underlying issue is stress Mm -hmm. and how one responds. Uh, to what's going on in their life. So it's either stress or grief or depression. And you can imagine, Rabbi, that when people are under stress, they have to find some sort of escape route. And very frequently, it's not in healthy behaviors. You know, it's the rare person will say, oh, I was so stressed out. I went and walked my dog and jogged and you know, went to the synagogue or the church and met up with some friends. Most people say, I was under so much stress, I ate all the things I shouldn't eat. Or I went home and drank a bottle of wine. Or stress causes me to smoke cigarettes. You know, so we have a lot of maladaptive uh, responses to the way we handle stress and tension in our world. So that's definitely an under one of the underlying themes.
1: So how do I not take my stress out on a bucket of ice cream?
2: Well, I think what we all have to do, again, is we have to look at our life and we have to look at how we live our life and look at those things that are too much on our plate or learning to say no uh, when we're always saying yes, even though we mean no, Uh, putting some, like I know for me personally, I, I have very, very, Um, intense life as a cardiologist and doing a lot of things, including writing a book. And I I made a conscious decision to say when I wake up in the morning, how do I want my life, my day to look? So I do my 20 minutes of meditation in the morning. I have a healthy breakfast and walk my dog. Then I go into the office and see patients. For lunch, I have lunch. And then go walk the dog again so I can get out and, and be out in the fresh air. I then say my day is going to end at 5 o'clock max. Uh, and from there, 20 minutes more of meditation, a healthy dinner, and another walk. Now, I program that in because I can make every everything about being a cardiologist consume my entire day from morning to night. And I think we have to be honest about how we respond to things. Do we have a short fuse? Do we get angry? Are we frustrated? I mean, I had to go and learn how to meditate. Uh, I go to Kundalini yoga class at least once a week. I walk all the time. You know, and all of so everyone has to put into their their personal life a practice that leads to inner peace. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have that. Practice whatever it is for you, whether it's chanting or praying or uh, singing or exercising in nature. Whatever it is, the practice that leads to inner peace for you, you're going to be less likely to let these things of life throw you off balance.
1: So I work out of my home, and I have a dog. I, I sort of my my dog is my guru. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, my dog, my dog tells me, "Okay, let's get up. We got to go for a walk. You got even sitting too long." You know, so I, I listened to my my guru canine, uh, and I read recently that people who have a dog, and they're actually talking first about infants who are exposed to dogs in the in the household, they actually have it wasn't dopamine. I've forgotten now the chemical, but it was one of those chemicals that induces well being uh, in the brain that right. just being around animals. Do you find that to be the case?
2: Absolutely, you know, I right now as we're talking, there's a beautiful silver poodle sitting under my desk and she's been here all day. And it is amazing how, uh, I have to say, in four years I've only had one patient say, new patient say, I'm afraid of dogs, can you remove the dog? And, uh, and I always ask, of course, and I say absolutely. The majority of people, like the last lady I just saw before I spoke with you with high blood pressure, she said, Do "You think I could pet the dog for a while?" Absolutely, mm-hmm. go ahead. You know, uh, it's unconditional love, right? And it's um, it's a connection without. Um, drama let's put it that way right which which very few of us have with human
1: beings absolutely you know I, I was curious about your use of the word pearl in the title 108 pearls to awaken your healing potential on the website you um, there's a quote about pearls from another author now of course I don't see it that was in front of me a minute ago but it's gone but it was the notion of the stress in our life or the suffering in our life can be a trigger like sand with a, an oyster to actually make a pearl. So can you talk a little bit about that? Why you use that in the title?
2: Absolutely. And that's, you know, um, my center here in La Jolla, where my practice is, is called Pacific Pearl La Jolla. And it's called Pearl for exactly the reason you just described, because sometimes many of the painful moments in our life are challenges, whether they're health challenges, emotional challenges, uh, we can transform them. And just like the irritated grain of sand in the oyster forces the oyster to start releasing literally a healing bomb, re- results in a beautiful gemstone, a pearl. And I really believe that uh, when life gives us a challenge or a curveball or uh, whatever it is, uh, we can transform that uh, into something that could be quite beautiful. And we see that in our practice every day. Um, We see many, many people with many health challenges here at Pacific Pearl. And slow but steady attention and, of course, the secret ingredient is love. Uh, but attention to all of those things that are fundamentally important to our health and well-being, uh, we can transform those challenges. And, and you know this, Rabbi, even somebody who has a diagnosis or a terminal illness, you know, we can, we can make our transition healed. We may not be cured, but we can be healed. And it's very, very important to always think in that way.
1: Oh absolutely. I found the quote I was looking for. I just wanna this is from I guess it's a book called Pearls to Remember by Barbara McDonough.
0: Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: And you quote her, she says, the pearl is the product of pain and wound that has been healed. As we accept the challenges in our own lives, we will also be building a string of precious pearls. It sounds like your approach to medicine isn't, I don't, I don't know how to put this exactly, but it's not about, oh, let's get rid of the symptom. Let's, let's just, you got a problem. We know how to fix the problem. Let's just fix the problem. You're really taking this whole life kind of, it sounds to me, that you're taking this whole life kind of approach so that no matter what I'm dealing with, physical, emotional, or like you said, end of life stuff, no matter what I'm dealing with, I can, you can help me turn it into a precious pearl. Is that, am I on the right track?
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And another way to think about this, you're totally on the right track. You know, think about a tree and you have a beautiful tree, like the tree of life. And that tree has roots that go into the earth. And let's just say that that tree develops some fruit that's not healthy, sick fruit or sick branches. You know, in Western medicine, we would typically say, oh, let's just go up and cut off the sick fruit. And let's just go up and prune the branches, chop up the tree. Well, when we think about integrative holistic medicine, we look at the soil and we say, what is nurturing this tree? And it's the same thing for human beings. So if you have a, for lack of a better description, a sick fruit labeled diabetes or depression or heart disease or irritable bowel syndrome or migraine headache, whatever it is, we go in and we say, let's look at the soil. And the soil of the human being is fairly complex. It's really about our our nutrition, our micronutrients. Uh, the air we breathe, the water, the water we drink, toxins in the environment, how well we sleep at night, and then it's equally about how we respond to stress and tension, and how are we connected to our tribe? Who is our community? What is our purpose in life? So when you, sh- so if you have a so-called sick fruit called diabetes. You know that the foods we eat affects that. Our physical activity affects our blood sugar. Uh, Not sleeping well will raise our blood sugar. We know that persistent organic pollutants uh, lead to diabetes. Pesticides and herbicides can cause obesity. This has been proven. And then if we're angry, hothead, stressed out, all of these things would raise our blood sugar. So we look at it and we say, Instead of just saying, oh, you have high blood sugar, take this drug. We say, oh, you have high blood sugar, let's look at why. Let's get to the underlying cause and put a program into place that's going to reverse this process.
1: Right. It's a very, very different approach. Um, let, me, let me ask you something practical that you bring up in the book. Uh, you actually invite readers to walk down their supermarket aisles, actually the, specifically the cereal aisle, and you, you say, look for products marked fortified with vitamins and minerals. And then you say, and I'm just quoting the book, the word fortified is one of, well, actually, I'm not quoting, but you say you take the word fortified as one of your red flag words. You know, it, it sets off an alarm. so. Why, why is it? What's wrong with when they fortify something with uh, vitamins and minerals? What are they really telling me?
2: What they're really telling you is we've taken something like uh, a brown rice, let's say, and we've taken all the good stuff, the coating off it. Uh, we've taken all the good stuff out of it. So we're going to throw some other stuff in there. And so we could say it's fortified with vitamins and that's that's the game we play and it's also it's very interesting uh that you know i see a lot of people men with very high ferritin levels iron levels and i i asked them immediately are you eating fortified breakfast cereals and things like that that are fortified with iron because you know men don't menstruate they don't need all this extra iron and iron's an uh, oxidant and it's not not good for you if you don't need it and sure enough, they're getting all this iron that they don't need from fortified products. So I always, I always like to think about shopping the perimeter of the store, sticking with the fresh fruits and vegetables, buying things that are fair trade, uh, by going to the Environmental Working Group website and looking at what's the dirty dozen, what's the clean 15, try to buy the dirty dozen organic if you can afford to, Uh, go to your farmer's markets and so on. So I like food that's in its real state, not food that's in a box, not food that's processed. Uh, I'm gonna call it real food.
1: Mm. You know, we were talking on the show with Dr. David Kessler. He's a former commissioner of the US Food and Drug Administration and we had this conversation a couple months ago, and he was talking about the food industry using sugar, fat, and salt to addict us to their products. What's your sense of that? Do you think the industry is deliberately setting us up to eat the wrong things and and overeat the wrong things?
2: Well, there's a terrific book which uh, deals with this directly from a, um, I believe it was a New York Times reporter whose name is Skipping. Uh, me right now, but it's about uh, sugar, salt, uh, and how the f- he went undercover to look at the food industry and how, for example, millions of dollars are spent on making a simple potato chip that you cannot just eat one of. The way the texture, the salts, the way it melts in your mouth, the crunch, all of this is uh, science and it's a science to get people connected and addicted to foods that are unhealthy. And this is, this is very, very real.
1: So how do we combat that? I mean, you suggested that when we go to the supermarket, we work the periphery.
2: Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you, you get connected to a food co-op, you go to your farmer's markets, you support your local farmers, uh, you start to purchase things with consciousness you know, the old concept of conscious capitalism. If you pick up something and it's, you know, uh, and it's an organic coffee and it says fair trade, that's a great choice. But if it's coffee that doesn't have a fair trade label and people are getting paid five cents a day to pick those coffee beans, quite frankly, I don't want to buy that coffee. So, uh, if it's a, uh, egg and you're going to eat eggs, you hopefully want to have an egg that comes from an animal that's treated humanely, certified humane, as opposed to an animal that's put in a teeny tiny cage and can hardly move all day long and is trapped in there with 50 other animals. So I think as uh, a country and as a world, uh, we can do a, a much better job of protecting our planet and protecting our own health by just raising our level of consciousness. And that's why I spent a lot of time in 108 Pearls to talk about, you know, planetary health, how planetary health is linked to human health, and how the choices we make right at the supermarket uh, have a huge impact. Uh, And you know this, you know, you you can go look at some major stores right now that never had anything organic, but because of consumer-driven uh, business, have really changed what they purchase and what they sell, and so on. And uh, I think as consumers, we can we can really pressure uh, to ha- to have uh, better products available for us and at more reasonable prices. Which is why I like the food co-op concept. I like the um, everybody having their own garden concept, if possible and connecting with the local farmers and so on.
1: So in the minute that we have left, are you optimistic about the health of Americans? Are we getting this message or we have a long way to go?
2: I'm really sad about the health of Americans. We rank number one in the world in obesity and diabetes and heart disease. Uh, We have right now a real threat to the health of the planet. We have more plastic in the ocean uh, than almost then we have water. Uh, We have fish that are eating all this plastic. We have albatrosses dying. Uh, I don't want to sound like doom and gloom, uh, but we have a lot of work to do. And I always say we have to be the change we want to see. So we all have to uh, make a step. You know, simple stuff. Don't use plastic bags. Don't drink out of plastic bottles. Support your local farmers. Go to the, go to the food co-op. Uh, look, read your labels. Get on the Internet. You know, you, you take a look at the labels in the book that I mentioned. Go on the Internet and start to educate yourself uh, about some of the choices that you can make that can make a huge difference in your health and in the planet's health.
1: Wow. Okay. That is a good prescription and a great place to end. Our guest today was Dr. Mimi Guaneri. She's the author of 108 Pearls to Awaken Your Healing Potential. A cardiologist translates the science of health and healing into practice. An excerpt from her book appears in the May-June issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Dr. Mimi, thank you so much for spending time with us on Essential Conversations.
2: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Support for this show comes from 1440 Multiversity, a state-of-the-art learning destination in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz. 1440 offers weekend and five-day programs in mindfulness, leadership, well-being, and more. Learn more about 1440 Multiversity at 1440.org. As a side note, I will be at 1440 on August 18th through the 20th leading a workshop on my book, The Sacred Art of Loving Kindness. I hope you can join me there. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health Magazine. Please log into spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Al Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami thanks for listening
0: are you looking for help on your path to healing i'm lisa campion i'm a psychic reiki master teacher and energy healer on my podcast the miracle of healing i'm going to help you on your healing path listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine quantum healing and people who have recovered from loss and illness Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on MindBodySpirit.fm.